0: This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life.
1: In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Domino's. Oh, yes, we did. Matt Bousher and Terry Hefner, exceed your real estate goals. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Idaho Independent Bank, the Idaho Bank. McDowell's Specialty Repair, call McDowell's. Rehab Authority, experience the difference. Christian Brothers Automotive, a nice difference. Hendrickson's Fine Jewelry, the place to go. And Grace Assisted Living, grace is the place.
2: Today on Game Plan for Life, it's uh, it's a real privilege and an honor to have a uh, what I would call an Idaho Jim with us today. Um, he's a man that's done a, a wonderful job in uh, in his field, his endeavors uh, in the golf world. We're talking about Jerry Bro, and the director of golf at Banbury Golf Club, and has been around the valley. and We're going to talk about his story and. But first of all, I just want to say welcome, Jerry, to Game Plan for Life. Thanks, Skip. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's, it's good to see you again. I know that uh, a while back you had a little setback with, with the health issues, and you're up and around and looking good, and, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure. The, the, the man upstairs, the good Lord, has taken good care of you. Yes, he certainly has. Through He's it, been good. Through it all. You bet. Jerry has gotten a lot of stuff on his resume, so to speak. But uh, I think a couple of uh, things that are important. He's been a director of golf. He's been in the PGA, a member for 45 years or so. And so rather than talk about where we are right now, Jerry, I'd like to back up. I know you're married your wife, Susan, you got uh, two grown children. Any grandchildren?
0: I do, and they're actually more important than my regular children. <laughs> i got four of those. I know yeah. you have a bunch, but oh, the grandchildren yeah. are really special. Well,
2: well, we have four as well. Oh, you uh, do? Okay. I yeah, thought you had six. Yeah. They're, 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 a, they're a real joy, no question about it. They are. Someone once said that uh, grandchildren are a gift for not killing your own children. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and you can't wait for your children just, to have their I'm own kids. I'm just
2: kidding, of course. But yeah but anyway um jerry where did you grow up and
0: tell us a little bit about the early years okay i'm originally from south florida my wife is actually from florida also but we've been in idaho for 45 years we were married in 1969 and uh, we two years after three years after we got married we moved to idaho but uh, i'm originally from south florida i went to school in south florida worked in golf in south florida grew up in south florida went to college up in Georgia. My dad was an airline pilot for Pan American. I mentioned Pan American once in a while to people that are 30 years old and and except for the movie. Yeah, people (laughs) say, well, wait, is that part of Delta or United? (laughs) And uh, my dad was uh, hired with Pan American when he flew the boats out of Miami. And they landed on water and took off on water. And then when he retired, 40 years later, he flew 747s, like he was the oldest or he was the first captain to check out on the seven forty seven. So wow. he went from the boats on the water all the way through all the turbos, all through the props, all the way through the jets, and he retired flying 747s. And besides that, he went for over 40 years of having a zero handicap or lower. No kidding. He played a lot of golf. He won the north-south. He won the Dixie amateur. He won a lot of amateur stuff. So, with my dad, as I was growing up, it was I either played golf or flew airplanes <laughs> if I wanted to see my dad. There you go. Um, so, uh, and my mom was kind of a stay-at-home mom in those days. She tinkered with real estate a little bit, but pretty much a stay-at-home mom. Anyway, so I kind of moved out of Florida. Florida kind of changed over the years, and. Our family all kind of moved to moved out west, and my dad got transferred to Los Angeles and San Francisco. And when he was flying seven forty seven, so uh, my so I kind of moved. I got a golf job in Las Vegas, moved from the Georgia area and Florida area to Las Vegas, and worked out there for a couple of years. That's where I met my wife Susie, mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, I had some while I was in Vegas. I was playing and practicing quite a bit, and. Had some sponsors there that wanted to see me go play. And uh, so I couldn't wait to play golf for a living. I did that for a couple of years, traveling not just in the United States, but I traveled around uh, Europe and uh, the Far East. I played uh, on the Australian and New Zealand tours. Um, I played everywhere. Great experience. I tried to play as good as I could. I ended up playing in a couple of major championships. I qualified for two PGA championships. And, um, and, you know, a lot of other events, played on a few PGA Tour tournaments, but I didn't make enough money. Mm-hmm. And uh, they tell you real quick that yeah. you're, you know, you have to go back and try to qualify again if you don't make enough money. So uh, that's why I left the United States and played around the world. And the experience was great, but playing in places like Bangkok, Thailand, and uh, in Japan and Korea and where, where temperatures are hot, and the quality of life is quite a bit different than it is in the United States. It was a real eye-opener. Oh, I'll bet. So it was great. And my wife and I, we were gone for about six months. And uh, finally, the uh, uh, there, there was a nine-hole golf course here in Idaho that opened up. And uh, for, it was for sale. And my brother-in-law was the golf professional at the Tropicana in Las Vegas. And my dad was an airline pilot for Pan American. So they ended up buying the golf course. And they called me. And this was back in the 70s of course they called me in japan and said are you ready to go to work you're the guy and i said oh i can't wait to get out of here and um, so we had been gone from the united states for quite a quite a while and um so we came right to idaho and Mm -hmm. that was where we kind of set our hooks in the ground and it was with eagle hills golf course my family bought that nine hole golf course and while i was there we built another nine and uh, then I went from there, from uh, Eagle Hills to the head professional position at uh, Hillcrest Country Club. Worked there for twenty years, which mm-hmm. seemed like the blink of an All eye. Right. And uh, and I loved my time there. That was yeah. that was a great experience. And and, uh, and my my experience was that I was a, a tournament player. And I was I played in a lot of tournaments, so I knew how to run tournaments. And I was a, an instructor, and I enjoyed the instruction part of it. So that helped me a lot at Hillcrest. So I played two or three days a week with the members, uh, ran all the competition, and I gave a lot of golf lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was that was fun for twenty oh, yeah. years. It yeah. was great. Yeah. And it made a lot of friendships up there, and people that like we were talking about Cecil Andrus and people that will be friends of right. mine for my life and theirs. Right. Anyway, and then that kind of, after uh, Hillcrest, a couple of people that owned the property where Banbury is asked uh, my partner, Clint Travis, he and I, if yes. we wanted to, he was the superintendent there, asked us if we wanted to operate Banbury, and we jumped all over it. And mm-hmm. That's kind of where we are right now, and that's where
2: life takes us. Right. We'll, we'll get into so You've got about... Five courses that you that yeah you we have five and, net right and now and, right now uh, right but I want to go back to one point that I think is important is that you got into golf because of your dad because
0: of my dad right so his right.
2: influence on you at an early age was a, was a powerful thing
0: right and and my dad was uh, he was kind of from the from the old days of you never hugged and kissed and right, all that kind right. of stuff and my mom was the hugger and the kisser but I know with my dad it was like uh, he'd come in from a trip and. He'd be gone. And the trips were a little different in those days. You were gone for 10 to 12, 14 days, and then you were back for five or six or seven days. And uh, he'd come back, and he'd uh, I'd pick him up at the airport with my mom, and, and uh, he'd say, well, why don't we play golf again? <laughs> and uh, we lived in kind of a lime grove, and lime and avocado grove. And the next morning, as soon as he got back from a trip, we'd be out on the golf course. We had a little golf course that we lived near, and we'd be out playing golf right away. So yeah. it was quite well, an experience. Yeah,
2: that's, that's a special relationship. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. is. And, and
0: my dad lived to be 95, and he played golf right up until the time he was about 92 yeah. or 93, and he was always trying to hit it further, yeah. just like every other golfer in the oh, world. Yeah. Oh, Nobody yeah. cares about putting. They all want to hit it further. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the great thing about golf. It's a lifetime sport. And uh...
0: It is, you know, and I've never seen anybody walk in the door at a golf course that ever said, Hey, this year I don't want to get better. Right? You know, everybody wants to get better. They're most of them are looking for secrets. Most of them don't know how to really get better. Don't don't really want to do what it takes to get better, uh, but they they'd like to get better. They'd like to. Know, yeah. So. Well,
2: I, I've said this before. You know, as a coach, former coach, why even the, the the most talented players in the world, the professionals, have a coach, have somebody that works with them just to get little bit better. You can do it right. just a little bit better. Correct. And and I think that's so important in golf too, is to get you know the instruction you need to to be able to enjoy the game because you can play it for a lifetime. Yeah, you can. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit, Jerry, about uh, some of your your career highlights as as a player. And uh, obviously, you've you've competed in, at the PGA Senior Championships and in Florida, you've you've competed in the United States Senior Open championships uh, in in at the Riviera Country Club in LA.
0: How'd you know that Skip? I've got
2: listen I've got I dug my <laughs> I've got my background stuff. Yeah
0: and that that playing at the US Open at uh, Riviera was great because I had my son caddying. Yeah. And my son was uh playing golf for the University of Oregon at the time and he was a very good player and uh and then I and I I, I remember uh, the highlight was it looked like I was going to be right at the cut line and my son's caddying and and I got to the 16th hole at Riviera, and I'm about a shot, maybe a shot in front of the cut. So playing on Saturday or Sunday of a major deal is a real big deal. Yep. And uh, I knocked it in the bunker on this par three, and my son says, come on, we can still get it up and down. And the flag was cut real close, and uh, I hold it out of the bunker. Well, my son, when I walked out of the bunker, my son jumped into my arms like, we're in, we're in. And uh, <laughs> it was pretty exciting to, you know, I think I parred 17 and, Bogeyed 18 or something, and I yeah. made the cut back a couple of shots. So he got the caddy Saturday what and it's Sunday. It was thrill. fun, yeah. Oh, it was great. great having my son there. Great also, if you make the cut, you make some money. If you don't yeah. make the cut, like I think last money, or I tied for 65th or something, and I made like 5000 bucks. And if you don't make the cut, you don't make anything. They don't pay you for just showing up. Zero. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. That was fun. Well,
2: yeah. that had to be a lot of fun to you know taste some of the the best in golf and right. as you mentioned you competed in in a couple of PGA championships uh, right I think one was at Oakmont and one was at. Uh,
0: Canterbury? Canterbury, where Nicholas won, right.
2: Right, right. And then I note, I noted, too, that you were a runner-up at the Australian Open. Correct. Back yeah. in
0: 73. Yeah, that was my biggest claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. fun. That was great being in contention. I led the first round, and then I think I led by two the second round, and then I slipped back a little bit. And then um, I can't remember what I shot the last round, but I I ended up finishing second alone. And I remember I was playing with Lee Elder the last round, and I just wanted to get in the clubhouse. I was a couple of shots behind uh, Jesse Sneed, and I had this putt about foot long on the last hole, and I was going to kind of stand across somebody else's line. And Lee Elder, who was a much more experienced player than I was, he says, uh, I'd mark that if I were you. So I did mark it mm-hmm. just so that I wasn't rushing that little right. one-footer, which was about a $5,000 putt. Yeah. So, you know, I did. Yep. but anyway, I was second. Nobody remembers second except my family. <laughs> as a matter of fact, as I went through the years, my dad introduced me a couple of times. And said, "This is my son." He won the Australian Open in 1973. I said, "Dad, no, I didn't. I was second.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> well, dads have a tendency. To I know break, we do. brag a do. little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we just just a couple other things. You know, you've you've obviously uh, you've been a teacher and a coach and a mentor to. Uh, a lot of young people, and we're we're going to get to that in just a minute. A lot of old people, too. Well, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. I mean, you've been, I know you've been the Rocky Mountain section PGA Teacher of the Year. That's been mm-hmm. a, uh, bestowed upon you. You've been a Player of the Year in the Rocky Mountain, and uh, you've been also the Rocky Mountain PGA Golf Professional of the Year. So obviously, you've kind of covered a, a lot of ground there. But the thing that I really want to dive into and, and spend uh, a lot of our time on today is the is the junior golf, because you were a leader in junior golf for many many years. In fact, I remember when my son Chris played in the program, and right. and it was such a wonderful thing. So, what reflections, Jerry? What would you go back and say about all those years? And you still do, I'm sure, in some way, shape or form.
0: I do. Yeah, I still teach quite a bit. Um, you know, my goal was never to get players to play in the U.S. Open or the U.S. Women's Open or anything like that. That was never it. I just enjoyed uh, being around kids and I liked trying to help kids to get to the next level. And believe me, if you have a five-year-old versus having a 55-year-old, it is so much easier for that five-year-old to get real good after two or three days. You bet. As opposed to somebody that's 55 or 60 years old or somebody that just retired and they're just taking up the game. So it's a little bit it's a little bit harder for them a little bit more of a challenge for an instructor, but motivating kids was so much fun and it just it would just light you up as an instructor and being around kids which you did for your many years of coaching, um, but uh, yeah the the kids part of it was just it was never a it was always for it was always because I wanted kids to be able to experience what I experienced and mine was on a smaller level but. I was around a few tour players, and I can remember being in a clubhouse one time when this friend of ours that had almost won the Masters, he came back two weeks after the Masters, and he came walking through the clubhouse, and there's probably 50, 75 families in there, and they're all having breakfast. And he walked by and got a cup of coffee and came back by and stopped at our table, and he didn't even talk to my dad or anybody else, and I was about 12 years old. And he said, hey, Jerry, how you doing? How you playing? Did you watch me last week on TV? (laughs) And... He didn't talk yeah. to anybody else there, but I remember what an influence that was yeah. on me. It's like, wow, Bert Yancey talked to me. Right. And uh, I, I've never had that kind of power over kids, but as I was growing up and teaching kids and trying to mentor and trying to get them to, you know, tuck their shirts in, take their hats off in the house, say yes or sir, no, sir, and some of those little tiny things, I'll never forget the impact that a guy like that could make on somebody. So that was always one of the things in the back of my mind somewhere is maybe these kids will learn something by being around somebody that cares about them. And yeah, I do care.
2: Absolutely. So. No, no question about that because I've known that, you know, you've been so committed to junior golf, the mentoring, the motivation of kids. And, you know, what would you say, Jerry, to maybe somebody that's listening in today and maybe is hasn't taken up golf or maybe they need a little help with golf. Or, or the young, young, and younguns, so to speak. What, what are some of the values, the benefits of, of playing golf in your mind?
0: Well, the the thing we always try to do in all of our classes, whether it's an adult or it's a kid or a college kid or whoever, is you know to to show them the the aspects of having fun, rather than just going right to the driving range and talking about how important the grip is or. The alignment or the posture of the ball position, trying to talk to them about, you know, even when the ball rolls along the ground, you're still getting closer to the hole. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we'll take players and go to the putting green and have them, you know, make some short putts, which is a little bit more successful sometimes than standing there and swinging at a golf ball and not right. being able to hit it for right. three or four swings, you know. So we try to keep the fun part of it in there. But if you're into the golf, if you've played golf, then there, there, are, there are fundamentals that – That you just can't violate. You got to have your hands on the club in the right spot. That kind of that kind of tells you how high the ball is going to go and the direction the ball is going to go. So your grip is pretty important. The alignment to the target's important. Where the ball positioned in your stance and your athleticism when you set up to the ball. Those are those four things are the biggest things in golf. Mm. So for somebody that's playing golf, that's a real big deal. For a five-year-old or ten-year-old just starting off. It is not very big. I mean, yeah. they could just put their hands on the club and go at it. And as long as they can make a backswing or a follow through, um, you know, that's, that's they're, they're going to find success. One of the things that I've done in the last 10 or 12 years is I've taken a good uh, five, six, seven year old or eight or nine, 10 year old and have them, I'll have two or three of them helping us teach our little peewees. At Banbury right now, we have a tremendous little – Katie calls it the uh, Banbury Boomers, and they're like kids they are four years old, seven years old. We have eight-, nine-, and 10-year-old kids that have been playing four or five years, and they'll get up and kind of demonstrate in front of those other little mm-hmm. kids. So instead of some big guy like me or somebody that's a grown adult like Katie uh, – Katie Summers is one of our teachers – uh, instead of looking at them as an adult, they'll look at that little girl that might be eight years old that's played golf for two or three years with a perfect golf swing, and they'll just try to copy her, or they'll I just bet. try to copy a little boy that's played golf for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and it is so much easier for them to just copy somebody rather than listening to me or Ben or someone else that's trying to talk their way through golf. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's well, a great way.
2: <laughs> I've I've always maintained that you can learn a lot from golf that helps you in life. What would you say to that?
0: Uh yeah, golf's got a lot of uh it's you know, uh it, it's got unfortunately that <laughs> one of the rules came up this weekend on T V that everybody kind of chimed in on. But golf has a set of rules that you have to play by when right. you're playing in competition and even play with your friends sometimes. It can get uh it can get kind of testy. So you have to enforce those rules yourself as a player, so it kind of teaches you a little bit about that the other The other thing that's that's pretty tough sometimes is that that little golf ball is a long way away from the club head. And when that club head is you know seven or eight feet away from the ball at the top of the backswing, it's hard to get that club back on the ball the same way every time. And oftentimes, as a new player, you'll watch somebody that, has played the golf for a long time and you'll see every ball going up in the air and going towards the target. And they think that, man, I should be doing that. But it doesn't happen quite that quick. So yeah. it's, it's a lot like, it's a lot like life where you don't, you don't have a lot of success of starting off. And if you're going to do something, you got to watch somebody that's really good at it, or you have to be around people that are really good at it. And then you got to try to copy them. That's what I always tried to do. I tried to Go to as much stuff as I could go to, and and learn from some of the best instructors, and watch some of the best players, and just by osmosis, you hope that that kind of gets into your own uh, repertoire as an instructor or a mentor or whatever it happens to be. You know, you, you
2: bet, you bet. So. I've
0: always uh, felt too that the game of golf,
2: when you're out there and you're like you've mentioned, you're on your own and and you also have to learn how to handle yourself. You do. You do. Yeah, you Because do. a lot yeah. of bad things are gonna happen too. and Unfortunately. Think, yeah, unfortunately, but I think there's great value in that because, and I've told this to many parents also, that I think golf is great in, in helping for team sports. Because you learn how to handle yourself, control yourself, your emotions, and and, and it helps you, I think, as you get you know, into some of the team sports. So there's there's great value, great lessons in golf, in my mind.
0: Yeah, there there are. I'm sure there's a lot of good comparisons there. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep. Well, uh, Jerry, I know that, that you and your partner, Clint, Clint Travis, yeah, Clint Travis, have, Travis right? have have uh, got about five courses
0: now that you're uh, we do, taking yeah. care
2: of. Why don't you tell us about yeah, that? We
0: operate Banbury Golf Course, and uh, we've got a long lease at Banbury. And then uh, uh, we have River Birch Golf Course over on the Emmett Highway, uh, Highway 16. Uh, we have... Um, uh, it used to be called Hunter's Point. It's called Red Hawk now over in Nampa, and that's a public golf course also. And then we manage uh, the T-Time Reserve Golf Course over in Victor, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And that golf course is only usually over, just now about to open. It's about a week away from opening right now. Uh, but it'll be open from April until probably the end of October. The season's a little bit shorter over there. And then a couple of years ago we picked up a Jack Nicklaus signature golf course up about 75 miles from the Canadian border really? up in Sandpoint. And the two owners, one was from Florida and the other owners from Los Angeles and they asked us to get that golf course going for them. It had been in bankruptcy and they bought it from uh, they bought it from a bank. And uh they were both employed doing other things and one was a golfer, one's a non golfer, but they mm-hmm. bought it for the investment. They own all the property around it and it's right on Lake Ponderé and it's called the Idaho Club. It used to be called Hidden Lakes. Yeah. And they yeah. redid it. Nicholas came in and redid it and turned it from a nice little easy, fun golf course to a Just a hard, hard golf course, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's much longer and much tougher now. Mm. But it's a private country club, and it just last year opened up to the public. So um, it's kind of fun up there, but again, the season's just about like it is in Victor. It's about probably about nine months out of the year. So primarily when a lot of Canadians come down for uh, the summer, it's busy in June, July, and August. Those are the Mm -hmm. big months down there. You've so, been. Up well, there
2: sounds like you and uh, and Clint have got your hands full with the five courses
0: trying to keep everything we know, do yeah in we order. we hire all the employees yeah. and uh, you know it's uh, it is it's quite a it 's quite a test, but it's fun putting people in jobs that are right up our alley they're golf related and mm-hmm. uh, you know Clint or myself, one of us tries to go to victor uh, to the golf course over there at least once a month we go to the idaho club in uh, sandpoint about once a month mm-hmm. so we're always up and down you know trying to go there you bet you
2: so, bet well yeah. i want to put a plug in too for for your pro out at Bury, ben ben does a great job we had a tournament there um, oh that's right yeah and, and yeah. we're going to do it again this year and it's such a great place to you know to play golf and such an enjoyable layout and uh, ben does a terrific job and so we really appreciate that part of it for sure. Yeah, Ben,
0: he's a fine golf professional, and he's a very good player. And uh, he said that uh, when I saw you today, to be sure to tell you, that you can't win your own tournament this year. <laughs> he says Skip can't play no. this year because you just ran away with it last no, year. That's, so that's, that's, maybe that was another <laughs> Skip Hall.
2: <laughs> that must have been somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. Ben,
0: ben has two uh, daughters. They're yeah. uh, five years old. They're twins. And uh, I took them away from him last Saturday, and Katie and I were doing a little class for little girls. It was girls only, except for me. And uh, we had uh, five or six little girls, and I took his little Kaylin, the girls were named Kaylin and Kenna. Mm -hmm. And I took them away from mom and dad, and they were in this class, so mom and dad weren't right there. And they had to play with these other girls or take lessons and swing and do that kind of stuff. And they were wonderful. Yeah. And Ben was always complaining about their swings. I said, Ben, they just need to get away from Daddy. Sure, there you and go. as soon as they came out there with Katie, they were like, Katie, watch me. <laughs> Katie, watch this. You know, so it was. It was uh, great.
2: That's that's yeah. great. Well, Jerry, we've uh, we've just uh, really been pleased to have you with us here today. And I just want to thank you for all you've done in the game of golf in the Treasure Valley, but more importantly, all you've done in the lives of so many people, young and old alike. So. Thank you. God bless you. Continue. uh, Much continued success. Thanks, Skip. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure.
1: Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Albertsons. It's just better. Dutch Bros of Boise. An experience guaranteed to satisfy. The Eagle and the North End 76 stations. And on-the-fly service stations on Collister and State. All family-owned and Idaho-grown therapeutic associates physical therapy your partner in health bacon berry hill bacon you gotta love it berry hill you're gonna like it mass mutual we'll help you get there and summer's funeral home every life leaves a legacy thank you for listening to game plan for life with skip hall this is carolyn holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend, and remember, no game plan, no victory.